I'm just holding on a second. Hold on a motherfucking second. Okay, I'm gonna get a beer. Hey, Mo, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. I gotta open this door. We can just leave it rolling. Hold on. AFI Backstage Stories. All right. Hi, Mo. I'm actually. It's, it's funny, I'm in your town, but we're separated and we're being responsible with our social distancing. Of course we are. It's super weird. It's even more weird than the, the last episode because you are in my hometown where I grew up. We're like 400 meters apart, but our FaceTiming. <laughs> Rona made us do it. Damn, Rona. You know, I think if we all owned a bunch of tigers, there wouldn't even be a coronavirus. <laughs> but I'm almost, you know, Dude, like that's... there's this weird small part of me. It sounds so fucked up because I feel so bad for the people that are deeply affected by this virus. But there's a really small part, or honest part of me that's a little bit thankful for this time, this like slowed down version of my life because I was able to obsess over the Tiger King. <laughs> I love this fucking show. I still haven't seen that much. Shame on me. Did you but, Did you watch um, it at all, like the first episode or anything? I've seen like the first five minutes uh, and then I fell asleep. Uh, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> it's so good. Sorry. It's so good. But um, I can make it up. I got a funny story to tell about, about the phrase Rona made me do it because I uploaded a little, a little home recording of mine on Instagram and Facebook um, and, and, and wrote the caption, don't let Rona kill your groove nice nice and then a friend of my dad who's irish um and her name is rona with an h after the r <laughs> and she was kind of like what the fuck i'm not killing anyone's groove <laughs> she's like I, I was born in the age of the groove i keep the groove <laughs> ask my husband he's very groovy <laughs> and i was once again very amused by irish names <laughs> You know what we should do? We should, at the end of this episode, we should put like uh, like a 20-second clip of your home demo and like a 20-second clip of my home demo and then let the listeners either roast us or judge us or, or you know, we can see like we can, it can be like a, like a voting scale. We can have a little race here. Yeah, yeah. They could, um, but they could leave, like we'll do a post and then they can comment yeah. their favorite demo on the, on the post. Yeah. I like that. But do you think? But do you think the 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 phrase Rona made me do it is maybe a thing since ages because her husband says it like <laughs> I have to make dishes. Rona made me do it. It's like, hey, uh, Mike, why are you out here? You know, digging up all these roots from the flower bed all by yourself. And I mean, don't you have anyone to help you? Ah, I didn't want to do it on the day of my son's wedding, but Rona made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Rona! Much, there is so much potential in this. Rona made me do it, man. Imagine like uh, the clips of of crime shows. You see a guy in handcuff, handcuffs, and like slammed against the cop, uh, the cop car, and the police officer's like, "Why'd you do it, man? Why'd you kill all those innocent people?" And then they zoom in really close on the guy, and as like a single tear comes down, he goes, "Rona made me do it." <laughs> 
We should feature a girl named Rona on this podcast. We should get and Rona. roast her for Dude. all the stuff that's happening. We should put her on the call literally just to make fun of her and give her shit. <laughs> every time every time she coughs, like fucking Rona, cover your mouth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're in a pandemic. <laughs> There's potential in this, but anyhow, we're both on a kind of vacation. Yeah, actually. In my true. hometown and in y your wife's hometown, which seems to be the same. Yeah, it's kind of the same. <laughs> um, and that's also somehow the topic of today's episode, I guess. That's right. Vacation yeah. buddy. Yeah, you know, because um, I thought about this earlier, how during this time right now, actually, I'm supposed to be on a vacation with my brother and his husband and Efi, and we're supposed to be in the in France together. Actually, we had booked the they had booked their flights to to Germany. We had booked the Airbnb, and I've never ever been to Paris before, and I really wanted to to check it out. And we had this whole trip planned, man. So actually, we would have been on vacation right now, and I just thought. Why don't we do an episode where we talk about our favorite vacations or vacations that we would have wanted to go on? I think that could be kind of nice. I guess so. And I've also <laughs> not been to Paris yet, but it You've, must be very nice. Dude, I, honestly, I think, I mean, it's crazier for me when people, when people grow up in a city in Europe, but they haven't seen like the five or, I don't know, five, five or ten, whatever major Central European cities Then for me, I'm always like, but how? It's right there. But then if someone were to ask me if I've ever been to, you know, Las Vegas or Chicago or Salt Lake City or something, I, I haven't been. So it could, it could be the same argument, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess I would not compare Paris to Salt Lake City, but yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, it's well, have you been? Basically. Have you been? <laughs> no, but I mean, um, I, for example, like... Um, Every every year now, I go on this. I usually go on at least a one week or like a two week vacation with Ify's family, and it's always around August. and in, in Germany, they always take the month off. Nobody's working. It's a big holiday time, and everyone's traveling. And those have been some of my absolute favorite holidays of all time. Like um, going to certain places. I have been to France before with them, and that was so beautiful and like kind of this awakening experience in the ocean and like the food is so good. We go to Italy a lot with them and stuff and I'm very thankful. And I thought about one time when my, when my parents visited us here, um, if he wanted, uh, or, well, actually they asked, they were like, can we go see this, this castle, the Neuschwanstein castle? And for those who don't know, like whenever you watch a Disney movie and you see this opening logo with the music and the, this big castle, This castle is heavily based on a real castle in Bavaria. And actually, you can Google it, and it really looks just like the same castle. It's this huge, beautiful, magnificent, insane castle. And it was built by King Ludwig II? Second. Second. Yeah. This guy's super interesting. He had like a lot of um, unexpected interests and curiosities and his uh, so we, we we visited this castle with them and it's unbelievable like one room is just have you been there before mo i've been there like 10 times really okay it's cool. just a few k kilometers from here it's, it's like not far right around the corner yeah it's not far it's not far but it's this 
unbelievable place. I mean, especially for someone who's not, so I mean, being from America, I'm really not used to castles, you know, and coming here on these family vacations, we were always seeing castles uh, all over France and seeing small castles and stuff all over uh, Germany. And you get kind of used to it. But then when you see this fucking place, you're like, oh, that's a castle. (laughs) That's a castle, man. (laughs) It's unbelievable. And then you go inside and, you know, you're in this like humongous line and you get shuffled through pretty quickly. But in general, you're just overwhelmed, right? You have this, this one room that's just a cave, like a dripping cave. And there's one room that's, it was just dedicated to, what was the composer he was obsessed with? Was it, um, he had one, oh man, I bet there's one German listener right now who's like screaming it at the fucking <laughs> radio. You know, Wagner? Wagner, that's right, that's right, Wagner. And he was, he had like a whole room that was just waiting like are just prepared for orchestras or singers to perform Wagner. It was so unbelievable. But um, so we took my parents through this huge castle and it was, I don't know, two hours of an adventure, the whole thing. And at the very end, we're in the gift shop and (laughs) my dad, my dad's standing there looking at all the trinkets and the keychains and the magnets and stuff. My brother gets like a few things to take home and then my, uh, then Ify walks up to him and she's like, so what did you think? Where, like, did you have a nice time, you know? And, and uh, when I was a kid, my parents took me, we didn't go on a lot of family vacations, but when I was a kid, my parents did take me to this place. And you'll have to forgive me if, it's, if I'm not totally right. We can uh, um, fact check it later, but I think it's in North Carolina and I think it's called the Biltmore Estate, the Biltmore Estate. Um, and it is another kind of like huge, explorable, museum-esque mansion with like a hundred rooms or something. But obviously it's not this enormous castle, you know? And we we had just explored this stuff in my, in my and Ify asks my dad, you know, what do you think? And he was like, well, I mean, it's nice, but, you know, the Biltmore Estate in North Carolina has a bowling alley. And he was <laughs> If you would have told me before, imagine the most American scenario, the most American outturn of this situation. It would have been either he he missed a burger shop or a bowling alley. <laughs> oh man, it just it just killed us. You know, we had just spent so much time and effort making this a nice trip to this fucking castle. We stood in the rain to get in. It was this whole adventure. And at the end, he's like, well, there's no bowling alley inside. So, And then he was like, you guys should come to North Carolina and see the Biltmore State. <laughs> <laughs> so wild, man. So wild. Uh, super funny. But that's a pretty interesting point because I guess you have a... Um a pretty different relationship to to medieval stuff and the and the middle age yeah when you're a, a european um versus being an american totally yeah absolutely i mean when you were when you were a kid did your parents take you to see all these historical places like to all these castles of and stuff of course is it something of that you course. have to do like do you do it with your school um yeah um obviously and because it's also in in it's still allgäu füssen where the franschland castle is still allgäu so when you're at school, you go there at least one time. And um, when you f- have exchange programs, 
like I ha was part of an exchange program with a school from southern France. Um, you also bring bring your guests there and stuff. So obviously you go there, yeah. And also on vacations with my family, we've been a lot of times to to South Tyrol, the um, the Italian part of Tyrol, which is hugely affected by Corona or was or is. I don't know the the current situation. Um, and where fun fact, my family has its origins, and there are still a lot of of old castles. And we've been to one that was super impressive for six to nine year old me because it owns um, the world's biggest medieval weapon arsenal. What? Yeah. And then you're standing like there like a, like a, like a, like a seven year old. Yeah, dad, get me that sword. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, so like how many, what kind of weapons do they have there? How How many? weapons do they have there i would have to google that but it's it's like a like a it's a it's a a castle like Neuschwanstein, but more practical more basic so it's 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 not that that that, that beautifully designed or that that artsy just that Dude, it's more a farty castle than, 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 than an artsy castle. Neuschwanstein is just a castle where he was like, "What kind of what kind of jungle or mountain would I like to masturbate inside of today?" You know, every <laughs> yeah. room is just an absolutely insane world that you enter. So yeah. I imagine other castles are way more normal. <laughs> yeah, um, and there is this the, the but they also have have a have an kind of an exhibition where you can see the ancient living rooms and stuff and. Everything very well restorated, That's and cool. underneath there have their um, their hostels and and stuff like that, and their all their their animals and a huge hall where there is the the weapon ex exhibition, and it's oh, okay. humongously humongously big, and they only you only get to see a third of the the weapons they have, I guess. It's okay. in cool So they, they have more kind of they have more in the back, kind of like toilet paper at the Walgreens. There's always yeah, more and, in the back. And, and every everything you could imagine anyone could ever have used to damage someone else. It's super weird. And excuse me, but I don't know most of the names for the weapons in English, but but like no, it's okay. everything you could imagine that is that is sharp, that is somehow could be threatening. So it's just there like a, it's just a huge a huge you know assortment of like axes and blades and knives and yeah. hatchets and I don't know did they have like was there any like um, crazy torture machinery like when they would stretch pe people out and stuff? Um, you know those big like sure slanted wooden boards with like the straps with like the crank stuff like that. But torture is another thing because I saw. Um, I've made an, a road trip through Italy with um, my girlfriend this summer, and we've seen in every second s city we passed, and also you know those those ancient Italian cities in Tuscany and stuff, very yeah. beautiful. And every second city we've been through, they've got a Museo della Tortura, a museum um, of torture, a museum of torture. All right. I'm going to settle in for this and one. I want you to tell me about the first one you went into. I'm going to crack this beer. I want to hear all about this. <laughs> it's, um, um, we've not been to it because um, we thought about it once to go in there, but there was a, 
uh, humongous um, people were lining up for like 200 meters. And then we were like, oh, no, and it's also very expensive. And maybe they got like three torture machines inside of it. Yeah. But then I saw I saw a booklet they handed out there. And it's crazy. Really? It's it's super crazy. What would you see? What what um like those <sighs> dude, it's super hard for me in English. I don't know the names, <laughs> but the 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 kind of body shaped cages. Yeah. With blades on both sides and stuff. Oh shit. So you had to stay in a un, like a very uncomfortable position. Otherwise yeah. if you move you got stabbed by these little blades that would come out of all yeah, the sides. And also and also oh. a variation where where you where you are fixed at a certain position and it moves moves more and more towards you. Oh my and they god. Got, like every every two centimeters apart there are blades which will eventually go through you. Oh my god. But you know what the, what's the awful. worst variation of, of torture in, in my mind? It it also been featured on Game of Thrones. What was that? Do you remember the scene where they they take off the guy's shirt and um, get a, a a big cup on his on his on his belly with the red inside of it, and then they heat up on the back of the cup. So Wait, the, explain, the red it, starts ex- explain it again. I I don't remember this. So they 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 take off the shirt of the guy they want to torture. Right. So he's there shirtless. Um, yeah, and they they take a big like a big cup with the red inside of it put it on his put it on his belly and then start to heat the back of the cup oh. so the red starts fleeing and starts digging oh right right oh shit oh god that's so fucked up Wah! that's so that's a whole different level of disturbing man yeah i thought i mean whenever i think about game of thrones torture like i remember the most um the most memorable scene for me and i mean people if you haven't watched it by now then i don't know pause it and go watch eight years of tv but um there's this scene with uh with theon Greyjoy. i think it's like season it's early on it's like season three or four whenever he's just you know when he's just being beaten and tormented for like an entire season and then he comes down the other side he's like all castrated and like whatever but uh it's when he's being held by, oh, fuck, what's his name? He was like, okay, you know, uh, Sansa was with Joffrey. And then after Joffrey was this other dude. And God damn it, if I don't really hate myself for forgetting this guy's name right now. But he was this evil, evil, evil motherfucker with the dogs. He got he got attacked by the dogs. At the, you mean Ramsay? Ramsay! Ramsey Bolton? Ramsey Bolton. Yes, dude. Okay, so when Ramsey was torturing Theon for like, I don't know, an entire season, there's this one episode in particular when when Theon's all like, he's like strung up and he's like skinny and he's just being beaten and stabbed and stuff. And then and then um, Ramsey acts for like a whole scene that he's going to give him mercy. So he lets his arms down. He sets him at a table. He, he clothes him. He gives him food. And you're like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And then you, uh, and then he, and then Ramsey lets these women come in. I think it's like two like gorgeous Game of Thrones women. 
and they get naked and they're rubbing all over him and he's he's scared but he's starting to like open up and relax cuz he was such a like a hedonist and he was so into sex like sexualizing everything and then they get him like really excited and aroused and then as soon as he would like be ready to do something sexually they cut it off uh where they where they where the camera switches to Ramsey eating a sausage. Yes. I mean that scene. Yes. Dude, funny story. Oh. I was literally oh. I was watching this episode with my mom. Oh. She was in the living room and I was just coming over from the kitchen, have not eaten anything before that evening, with a <laughs> with the weenus sausage in my head, and then this scene comes on. Fuck! <laughs> 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 Oh and I God. was like, okay, I'm gonna bring this back to the fridge. <laughs> you put it back in and you pray. I'm so sorry, I took it out me to take it. Please give Theon his penis back. Jesus. But dude. funny how we get stuck on the topic of torture instead of vacation. <laughs> yeah, man, where's your German brain going? <laughs> but vacation could also be torture. Have you ever had a very horrible vacation? Well, I can't say that I've ever had like a terrible, like a really terrible vacation because there's always a few moments of every vacation where you find like peace for yourself. And I think that's maybe the most important thing or like with your partner. My parents actually didn't take so many vacations when I was a kid. I remember this fucking Biltmore Estate thing <laughs> with the bowling alley. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we, uh, let's see, uh, we, we would travel up to see, uh, like our vacation was kind of like going to Kentucky to stay with my dad's sister's family because they had a nice house there and they had like this cabin near Kentucky Lake and that's where we would stay, kind of separated from them a little bit. And it was really cozy. It was always fun. I was really close with my cousin Tyler and we would just, um, like our vacation was kind of like going to hang out with them. My dad would go fishing with my uncle Kenny and my mom would hang out with my Aunt Julie and uh, my brother and... Uh, Trisha, which was the sister, they were the same age. So they would always go out and like, you know, do their own thing, get dinners and go partying, whatever. And then me and Tyler were kids. So I do remember one story. Um, I just thought of it uh, yesterday, actually, which is a crazy coincidence because Ify and I looked at some house here in the mountains where the backyard um, had like a small porch area, but then there was no field or something no flat space it just went down like straight down to a to a river and i told her oh that reminds me of my uncle kenny's house because the back of the uh of the house there was just like this long you know long downhill into the lake it wasn't really much of like a yard it was all like kind of a hill and uh, i i thought about this one story where me and my cousin one time like they got a golf cart and for those who've never driven one they're They're very bottom heavy, but they flip very easily. And at the time, I think I was like, I don't know, 14 or younger. And I was a super fat kid. And my cousin Tyler was really skinny, like a really small, like really pencil thin kid. So, of course, we get in the golf cart and it's already leaning heavily on my side. And then we we start driving down the hill together. And I think I was driving And I'm just speeding down this hill and and I'm getting scared and he's getting scared, but it's super fun. And then I turn it really hard with the brakes and I'm slamming it and then the whole thing flips over 
on the side and we just go rolling out of it. And I'll never forget hearing my Uncle Kenny in the background just screaming like, what the hell? (laughs) He was so, (laughs) he was so freaked out. But uh, uh, a lot of vacations were like that. Just, Just me and Tyler hanging out. We would obsess over music or, I don't know, go on these little adventures in the woods and um, and then we would all be back together for, for dinner or something. Yeah. What about you? You must have had a lot of family vacations because I think Europeans really appreciate that that August time. A lot of people take vacations there. Yeah, especially um, you got to know <clears throat> August is the, the school's summer holidays. Right, the whole so month. Yeah. L- all of the families time their, their vacations after that, especially since my mom is a teacher. Um. Right, I and forget we that. would, we would um, not a- not every year, but but many years we would go on vacation two times a year. Um, once in there's also those those little school holidays around June. Yeah, they're called Pfingstferien, right. two weeks, um, and in those we would go to a camping site in Italy, but just my mom and us kids. My dad mm-hmm. would have to work, and one vacation with the whole family in summer, um, with my dad and yeah, we went on vacation often. And the the, the main reason is since at some point, um, since at, since the point since my family could afford it, my mom was searching for any possibility when they've got free time. My parents to go on vacation and go to other places. Yeah. Because my dad is a person who could never um, let let go of his work if he's still here in the house because his business is in the same house. And even if he okay. has a free weekend um, and some client comes around and he's and he's getting back into his in, into his normal flow and back to work. Oh yeah, so I know if that he, type. He can only relax if he's not here. And that's why my mom is always seeking for possibilities to go on vacation. Um, and yeah, there were, there were quite many, but to get back to the point that I've never been to Paris, it would, most of the time it would not be city trips because my mom was always like, Oh no, I don't want to do a city trip with all those, with, with all those little kids. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say, I don't want to go on the city trips with all those Americans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, so kids. it would mostly yeah, right. be something, something at the seaside, something at a nice river, mountains, whatever. But you, um, did you ever have those like? Because in America, there's always this experience of uh, like there's in the movies or something. There's always the story of like the kid who's like you know just past puberty, maybe like thirteen or fourteen, and then he goes on a trip with his family to some new town. He's going to be there for the whole month, and. Uh, you know, runs into a girl or has like a, a goes to a party, meets a meets a friend, whatever. Has like a little, like a weekend adventure with a group of people, and like ends up, like I don't know, either doing something sexual with a girl or like feeling like getting involved somehow. Like, did you did you have experiences like this where you'd go on vacation and like actually blend in with the people from the other town? Um. Yeah, but <laughs> in a in a, in a weird way because the. A thing that, in my opinion, I or I hate is that Germans 
go on vacation everywhere, all of them. You can't go anywhere and don't meet any fellow Germans. That's so and true. most of the time, they're just embarrassing dickheads. That's so true. I mean, I mean, I didn't notice how many Germans were everywhere until I started taking vacations with Germans. And there's other Germans, at, but dude, everywhere. everywhere, everywhere. We went to Spain. We went to Italy. We went to France. Yeah, fucking everywhere. And you could and and you you could go anywhere, and you would recognize a German tourist from five hundred meters apart. Please tell me what uh, for, from your perspective, like because I can always spot a British tourist. So for you, what's the German tourist? Um, the German tourist, first of all, clothes. You know, there's this oh, cliche yeah. of 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 German tourists wearing sandals and and white tennis socks. Yeah. That's a cliche, but you still see it often. You see but that. all in all, clothes and setup, um, they they do not dress how they would in their everyday life, even if they have free time. They, they don't they dress, dress like casually. They dress they dress up in 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 I don't know. Do you know the brand Jack Wolfskin? Yeah, that's a huge thing. They would dress up in any sort of active wear and yeah, weird so much active, active wear, polo right? shirts and stuff yeah. and. And show and and the, the worst thing are the you know those pants where you can zip off half of the pants at at, at <laughs> yes. head of the knees, yes, yes, and <laughs> and have a huge ass backpack with them with everything they would never ever need on vacation, but they are equipped. They're so prepared. That's the thing. They're so prepared. They're always so prepared. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> American they're tourists. Prepared. You can tell, but you can tell where they are because they're so loud. <laughs> you just hear them yeah. in the next town. <laughs> Americans allowed huge cameras, yeah, humongous cameras. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's, it's, it's and, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and also, yeah, clothing, I guess. But yeah, the Americans sometimes like if they're from if they're from the West Coast or if they're from like the Portland, even so far even so far east as like austin because austin's like closing in on the other half of the country but from that side yeah. over all those people especially in california are so used to all the different like varieties of terrain that sometimes you can't tell when they come to europe if they're american from how they dress because sometimes they're all like they're decked out in patagonia jack wolfskin some of them are even like in on the in on like the like, you know, the local country's, you know, favorite sport, you know, mountain wear, whatever. Yeah. And you can kind of see them from a distance and think, oh, maybe. But then as soon as they open their mouth, it's like, oh, hey, man. How you doing, bro? Hey, I have this map all set out. And I was thinking, oh, like, <laughs> you go to that fucking sweet-ass river. Like, maybe, like, dip my toes in, bro. But I think, oh, yeah, bro. Sounds sweet, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Let's do it, bro. <laughs> and then you just know. It's just over. Yeah. And and it's it's also super funny for for me going on vacation as a guy who's grown up in a town where there are huge masses of tourists every year, winter and summer, for hiking, for skiing, and whatever. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It's also it's also uh, I don't know a, a big fear of mine when I go on vacation because I always see here okay. I hate most of those tourists and I, yeah. and I don't, I get it's complex because I always think, okay, I don't want to be like them when I am on vacation somewhere else. <laughs> Can you explain so you, you something to me? Like in, in this town, um, cause I've been here enough times now to see, um, to see these tourists that you're talking about and to see them all year round in all their different 
delightful outfits and personalities and whatever. Um, but there's this one type of, and I think it's usually German in this town that I see, and it's when they have two totally healthy and functioning legs, and they don't even seem that old. And yet, as they walk down the flat streets of the downtown area, they use these walking sticks, like these hiking sticks. <laughs> what is that? Why? Why is that? I don't know. I don't get it. Um, I don't know. It's mostly it's just it's just bullshit. I I, I get the point of when you're doing hiking tours um, within the mountains that. It could support you walking downwards, but sure. in flat area, I never got it. There used to be a hype about the sports. It's called Nordic walking, where you... Of course, there's a sport called Nordic walking. <laughs> yeah, where it's about to find the balance between walking and using your, your, your arms to it, like on, a, like on a cross trainer in gym. Ah, okay. But it's for me, it's freaking bullshit. Just don't do it. I mean, if you ever like, okay, in the grass or up the hill or down the hill, okay, if I see that, I wouldn't actually think too much about it because, you know, whatever. But on the flat pavement in front of a (laughs) bank, yeah, (laughs) you know, it's like why? (laughs) Yeah, but it's I don't know, but it's it seems to be a thing. But to get back to your point of being a teenager and going on vacation and meeting other people. That's why I got to to the German tourists everywhere because you gotta see. Um, in Europe, so many countries, so you obviously most of the time got a language barrier. And when you're 13 years old, your English boy is not that good. Sure, and you yeah, yeah. Have not learned yet any other languages on a level that you could communicate with the with the locals. And yeah. so the people you end up connecting with are other Germans. And most of the right. time, in, in my experience, on, in camp, <laughs> camping sites in Italy, they're either people I did not want to hang out with or it was, yeah, just, I don't know. You've met those people two or three times. Um, used to hang out maybe maybe two nights and, and that's it. And then they would... Would ride back home and you'll stay with your family for another week, but nothing ever like the 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 cliche teenage story falling in love somewhere. I only have okay. one story where I got super shit faced and some super guy shit faced. <laughs> Let's hear and some it. Guy, and some and and some guy. Um, I was I guess fourteen or fifteen. Um, had the idea to smoke uh, a shisha pipe. Okay. Is it the correct term in English as well? I don't know. Yeah, I think you say shisha pipe or like a hookah. Yeah. And but um to fill to fill the little pot with uh with dope and Fuck. instead of water using vodka. What? What? <laughs> what? Are they murderers? How the <laughs> fuck is anyone supposed to do that? Oh my god, is that normal? <laughs> is it like a common thing? Absolutely fucking not. That's what I've Jesus. learned through this. <laughs> oh my god! What happened? Did you did you pass out uh, immediately? <laughs> <laughs> my god! It sounds awful. It sounds yeah. So bad. 
<laughs> it's super bad, but I was like a, a 14 or 15 year old hanging out with these older kids. 14 or 15 years old smoking a clump of dope with water as vodka. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, and I was like, and I was like super happy to to be hanging out with those older guys, and I obviously found them super cool, and was like, okay, you're doing this, so obviously I'm in. Sure, yeah, peer pressure. You're like, I'm one of the cool guys. I can jump in, bro. Like, yeah. I'm hanging out. Let's do it, <laughs> dude. So what happened? Yeah. So you did it, and then what happened? Passed out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as far as I know, I must have been sleeping there for an hour or two and then getting home late and getting and and going straight to bed fuck did your parents did they ask any questions i can't remember anything but i i as far as i can remember i found some weird way of explanation like why i was not feeling good or something and was going straight to bed oh i had some bad sushi (laughs) (laughs) That's something I think about sometimes too. Like, okay, when I was, I don't know, uh, 17-ish, you know, I was, I know I told these stories a couple of weeks ago about getting arrested and stuff. And like, I was experimenting with drugs and I was experimenting with alcohol and I was smoking cigarettes and stuff. And I think that's just the phase you go through around that time. But, um, but I actually, I didn't really even like alcohol that much until I was around like 19. I wasn't even drinking beer that much at all. Okay. But in Germany, it's so common. It's like the normal thing that at 16, you're already drinking beer and wine, right? But you don't get uh, schnapps. Is that right? Yeah, you get you get, you get get hard alcohol uh, by the age of 18. 18. Okay, so still, still beer before and wine America. Is, yeah, and beer and wine and I think anything that has... Below 10% of alcohol you can buy at the age of 16. And it's, I think, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, you were, you could also buy cigarettes at the age of 16. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. Because I mean, like, I think the, maybe the, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Because the issue in America is that when, you know, let's say I was in a small conservative Christian town. And I was like 17 and legally I wasn't able to buy alcohol yet. So maybe that's why it was easier for me to, to fall into a pattern that was surrounding, uh, you know, weed and, you know, narcotics and, uh, you know, doing more unsavory, unhealthy drugs to, because that's all I could, you know, and smoking a lot of cigarettes because I didn't have the access to like starting with beer or something. So I'm in this split mind sometimes when I think about when we, but you know, when we have kids here in Germany, I think about like, well, what if, you know, what about when this kid is like 16 or even 15? Because if 16 is the age you're allowed to, everyone knows that at 15, you're already trying it. So it's like, am I going to, how am I supposed to mentally deal with a 15 year old child? I mean, like in my head, that's like a child, you know, like I, have this I have this day job at this at this school and I I see kids until they're like 17 or 18 all the way through so it's like I still see them as like kids you know and then you imagine them coming home drunk or like you know I'm going to have to really really get out of my you know I don't it's definitely a very n- unprogressive mindset because it's it's american you know and americans are so fucking 
I don't know, the culture is so high strung about sexuality and alcoholism and drug and stuff still, like still, you know, and it's not good, I think. Yeah, it's it's a super weird thing. And yeah, it's by the age of 16, I mean, I had my my first really, really bad drunk story where I <laughs> fell as, where I fell off my bike riding home and fell asleep in the middle of Oberstdorf on the street Fuck. until a taxi driver would wake me up um and no. it's also like when you go oh to a bar God. and you're and you're and you're 14 years old and it happens on the countryside the bartender knows your dad or something and you're 14 years old and he's like okay you can drink two beer that's oh it. my god oh my god man and he still he has still some kind of responsibility because he says okay two beers that's it and then you get out of my get out of my bar but still oh, jesus that's wild to me man like Americans yeah. listening to this are going to go like, Jesus Christ, 14, you know, 14. And yeah. I mean, I talked to so many, I talked to so many people in this country, you know, whether they're from here or not. And, you know, regardless of when they tried alcohol or, or you know, like regardless of that, their first sexual encounters are always like years earlier than I would have tried or earlier than I did or earlier than I would think is like normal. I mean, some kids here are like, yeah, I got my first blowjob when I was 14. Or like, yeah, we had sex when I was like 15 in her parents' basement. And in my head, I'm like, 15, I was like eating pizza for two, playing video games. I was playing like Super Mario Sunshine and jerking off like crazy. But I never thought about actually getting that and that being normal. Like if the parents saw someone leave the next morning, they'd be like, well, I hope they use protection. You know, in America, it'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of my house, you know? <laughs> She's a kid, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's crazy, but um, the whole thing about alcohol is weird, and that's also why there are huge protests about it, because um, alcohol is a is a, a socially accepted thing, and it's you also grow, grow up with it in, in, a, yeah. in a small village like here. And you, and I don't know if you, if you get into this, like this... There's such a culture those, here for it. Yeah, and you know, you know, all those, everything is society based. Those little societies, like the marching band, is an own society, etc. And as a kid, right. you grow up with as part of one of these groups, and you're brought to drinking by them, <laughs> right? At yeah. the age of twelve or thirteen or something, and that's no big deal. But on the other hand, regarding any other kind of drug, Germany is super strict. Are you they know really the whole debate still with 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 weed still or oh, sorry you go first. <laughs> Bavaria is is ridiculously strict about about weed. It's still it's it's super crazy, and what what are the do you um, know the do you know the numbers about like how much you were are you allowed to carry anything because I know in America there was like before a lot of the states were legal there was certain rules about like okay if you have X amount on you you know, whatever, like you can't drive high, but if you have a certain amount in a bottle or whatever, it was okay. There, there are huge differences between the, the federal states of Germany. Um, but, but in Bavaria, as far as I know, you, you could get away with maybe maximum three gram, but still would have to pay a huge fee or something. Really? Okay. Um, I, I remember a good friend of mine, um, they used to control him on his on his um, scooter or motorbike when he was 17. 
Um, and he had a jacket on. He had on the last time a few weeks ago. And no, or was it a friend's jacket or whatever? In any case, there was a little amount of weed in this jacket and he didn't know about it. But like really? zero, like 0.2 gram or something. And they found it and he had to do 25 hours of social work for that or something. Um, so, sorry guys, we had to take a small break there, but uh, you were saying that when people get busted with, when they get busted with weed, um, they had to have how much on them? Like, or how much could they have on it's, them? It's, it, it, it's depending on which federal state you're in. Like, it's a super big difference okay. so regarding Berlin to- versus Munich, for example, or Hamburg and Munich. There are huge differences. Okay. Is Bavaria like, is, is Bavaria like the most strict with all of that kind of stuff. You got to know somehow Bavaria is the most conservative federal state of whole of whole Germany. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And has been since over oh, 100 years now. Now maybe not 100 oh, wow. years, but but since since um after the war. Okay, I was going to ask was it like was it the most conservative like pre-World War II or post-World War II? It's a super funny story. <laughs> a short, short, short um, part about about Bavarian history, but Bavaria, yeah, the, yeah. it's called it's Educate called Freistaat, me. like free state, the free state of Bavaria. That's the official name, and it's been mm-hmm. it's been um, proclaimed by by socialists, by a group of socialists who were and they were like, okay, fuck this whole bullshit. We're doing our own state, and we're we're. Um, after monarchy, after um, Ludwig II, we're building up a democracy here. That's still that. Oh my god! And and but they still call it that because it was. Yeah, they still call it that. And the funny thing is, but since since um, nineteen, I guess nineteen fifty four, uh, nineteen forty five, after World War Two, it is reigned by by CSU, Conservative Party. And last year or two years ago, there was a. An, a big event, um, a jubilee, like 150 years of free state of Bavaria. And Markus Söder, the minister president, the head of <coughs> political leader of, of no, political leader is the wrong term. Like the, is it like, like the like, mayor of the like, of Bavaria or something? Yeah, like prime governor. 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 For, for an international audience, I would call it governor. The governor of Bavaria, <laughs> he really um, <coughs> made it to avoid the whole part about this state being founded by socialists um, in his in his hour-long speech about the great story of Bavaria. It's <clears throat> ridiculous. Super funny. Wait, he, wait, wait, wait. He, he, told, he tells a story of Bavaria, like in some speech or something, and leaves out the part that it was founded by socialists? <laughs> How can you do that? It's, dude, there are... Th- that's, I think that's a topic for a whole... N- that's like telling... Oh, my God, dude. That's like telling... Oh, fuck, dude. That's like telling the story of the founding of America and leaving out slavery. And I bet there are more than enough... That's like skipping the biggest fucking part. And I bet there are more than enough um, people doing it in America. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude, totally. Or they're justifying it by saying, like, it was different times. It was important. They enjoyed it. They they lived happy lives. Fucking bullshit. Don't worry about it. Um, But it it still still affects um, Bavaria today because... 
Bavaria has still an own constitution. Not all federate states of Germany have that. Bavaria has still an own constitution. And that's also the... Really? That, it has its own rules? That's also the reason why um, Bavaria had those, those um, stricter rules about, about going out re regarding Corona before whole Germany had it. Because Markus Söder, the governor, could do it based on, on this constitution. So is... Um so why, I mean, this is crazy, but why, why, what, what gives Bavaria the right to have its own rules like that? History. That's also the reason what gives, what gives the right that, that anyone could get absolutely in a dangerous state of his, of a study, uh, um, caused by alcohol at the age of 16. Right. But if you're if 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 they stab you with like three grams of dope of weed, you're totally fucked. That's that's really that's so dumb, man. You know, I was actually I was thinking about this earlier. I wanted to ask you when we were talking about um, drinking from 16 on in Germany. But you know, I have this theory sometimes that in America, because I saw it so much when I was a teenager you know, the, the stricter that a place is or the heavier the restrictions are on certain things might in like have an adverse effect in terms of what they actually want, you know, because if they say, you know, if you're caught with any weed at all, you're busted, you can't drink till you're 21, you can't buy cigarettes till you're 18, whatever. And then you see this uh, in the smaller towns where there's less things to do, you see this influx of people you know, getting older brothers or siblings or friends, whatever, or from the, or stealing from their parents to, to get alcohol and to get cigarettes. And then like even leading further into alcoholism, would you say like, do you know what the numbers of alcoholism are like in Germany because of the way that they're able to put beer into their culture and how they accept it so early in their lives? I can't tell you any, <laughs> any numbers without, Without You're too drunk to even without research. <laughs> I'm drinking beer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that we're talking about this and we're both having beer. <laughs> no, but um, that's something I realized um, when I was growing up and getting to an age where I, where I was reflecting more on myself and on the people around me, and started to realize. Mm -hmm what that alcoholism is a huge thing because many people yeah. you're told as a kid that they are sick or they got some problems and you turn i don't know you turn 14 or you turn 16 or whatever and you some somehow get it may be your uncle it may be your your fictional your dad's best friend or whatever and you get a point and realize right. okay this dude has just a huge problem with with alcoholism so it is a big thing. Yeah. And you start to realize that, but I cannot name you any numbers um, by now. It's crazy. No, I don't know the numbers in America either, but I know that the numbers are way high, way, way, way high with alcoholism and with, uh, with drug abuse. I mean, it's absolutely insane. But I wondered sometimes, and maybe there's, I mean, I'm sure there's been like a thousand studies done on this, but I've wondered so often if the alcoholism in America can in certain locations be correlated to the stigma that people put on drinking alcohol at an earlier age. I'm sure I'm not the first person to have ever thought about that. And I'm sure there's been studies on that too, but I mean, there's also so many other reasons for alcoholism in the, in the States. I mean, there's also like 
the terrible living situations and the accessibility of it and the addictiveness of it and blah, 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 everything. But sometimes I wonder, like, are there as many, if you were to say, like, you know, out of 10 Americans and 10 Germans, um, are there an equal or similar amount of alcohol addicts? I don't know. Maybe, probably not, but I don't know. I just thought about that because every German I know especially in Bavaria, drinks a lot of beer. Some of them have two or three with every dinner or something, or they do it, they drink like crazy after they do their mountain hikes and stuff. It's And it's just so ingrained in the culture. It's for every celebration, it's for every dinner, it's for every birthday, it's it's after, it's, there's, there's even a term, guys, there's even a term in German for the beer that you enjoy after you finished your shift. It's called the Feierabend beer. You know, like free afternoon beer, your free evening beer, whatever, and uh, free time beer. <laughs> yeah, your free time beer. You know, like, hey, you're done. Have a beer. You know, and for me, it's it's so crazy to think like there's such. I mean, there's that's so ingrained in the culture that there's even words for when you have a beer. And I wonder about the people who I don't know who maybe he can't handle it the right way, the same way. Yeah, uh, you you must say that there have changed many things, and when compared to to what my dad told me what his dad and and or this the generation of his dad or his own generation what their what their their relationship to to be to alcohol or their their use of it and how established it is in your family or whatever there are right. already in 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 my reality there are already big changes happening i just googled by the way and found numbers that there are mm -hmm. around about 1.7 million people in Germany addicted to alcohol. 1.7 million. Okay, what's the what's the population of Germany? Like 80 million? 82 or 83, I guess. 80. Okay. One, or around 1 million from 80 million. Uh, it says here men and women between 18 and 64 years of age. Oh, uh, of, the, of the alcohol, of the uh, addicts. Yeah. Well, so like the moment you can drink until <laughs> until you're so you drink so long you can't. Yeah. That, okay, that's crazy. Yeah, but beer has 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 a or alcohol in general has a whole another habit about it. There was a, you know, there's a the the German government got an own representative for for drug prevention and um yeah drug prevention basically and. She's a super conservative, or um, the one that I talk about was a super. She's not anymore, I guess. I yeah, she's not. She's not drug representative, drug prevention representative. To sound super weird in English um, anymore. Drug prevention representative. That's a very yeah. It's a very American title. <laughs> But she um, she was asked by a journalist, um, "What do you say about that in Bavaria?" There. Every year they have a drug festival where there are millions of people visiting and getting their body in very dangerous um, situations. And she was like, no, what's that? And he was like, Oktoberfest. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. People get hammered at Oktoberfest. They get fucking absolutely. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, she's totally right. I mean, that's. I mean, Oktoberfest is this open invitation to to be an absolute idiot and get hammered and to vomit in the streets and to like hit somebody. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah. Shit, man, that's crazy. I, and I, I'm, you know, I wonder also like in the, in the amount of people who are alcoholics, I can't, that's the word. Fuck man. I sounded so dumb earlier. I was like alcohol addicts, alcoholics. I wonder if there's like in, in the number of people who are alcoholics in Germany, how many of them are like self-aware? I guess that would be the million that, that have registered or like, you know, come into uh, their own, you know, self-help, but there I'm must be, sure. there must be a huge number outside of that that are like, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm German, you know. <coughs> of course, there are there are so many of them, and you in your everyday life you hear those the, those stories. I don't know. You just it's just maybe within work, and you you talk about um, a fictive. Let, let it be a fictive company, but I've 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 heard this so many times in many different situations. You might be working in a company, and you're talking about a colleague who's who behaves weird and yeah. you don't know what's wrong with him. And then at some point someone tells you, yeah, either him or his wife has serious issues with alcohol. Yeah, but that's the way it is. But that's the way it is. Like, yeah, it's crazy how that's just so shrugged away. But honestly, it's funny sometimes that when we, when we focus in on a, on a topic and today like in this moment for this case, it's, it's alcoholism. It's funny how there aren't that many differences culturally, you know, like as, as much as there are, I mean, uh, the only difference would be the amount of people because the population in America is so much bigger than the population in Germany, but that just means the numbers are different. But in terms of people who admit that they are, you know, the ratio could be similar and the ratio of people who uh, are denying that or accepting that as a normal way of life is probably also just as high. Like, you know, if you, if you compare the numbers that way, it's really, it's really crazy. But, yeah, that's anyway yeah. something I, I guess many people are realizing right now during this Corona crisis, um, how similar situations all over the world are because we're living in a globalized world. That's also the, the that's also why this whole thing spread that fast. And right. I experienced when I'm talking to to people from 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 different cultures, maybe you being from the states or someone from Asia or whatever, that um, people I'm I'm talking about people of our generation that right. the 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 only big difference i can i could i could point out would be history and traditions that affect you but in so what many do you mean by that? i mean i guess if we if you break it down we're talking already i think about an hour now but if you break it down and compare <laughs> All good, compare com, comparing experience <laughs> what, else, what else you got going on <laughs> comparing com, comparing experience with alcohol drugs vacation whatever i yeah. we, we, we'll find Whatever topic we're talking about, we're finding so many similarities. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, and the 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 the, the biggest differences that, that turn out to be ones are the 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 laws, the traditions, the history, whatever, the the infrastructure around the the topic or the the story. Right, right. But in a way of life, so many, so many. So many situations and so many people experience basically the the same. You know that actually reminds me. Um, one of my favorite in the songs. Western world, I I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's actually a really important distinction, I think. But um, 
That reminds me of um, one of my favorite songs from my extremely influential teen years was this song from Death Cab for Cutie on their album Plans, which was like the biggest, most important record in the world to me for a long time. But the song, uh, um, different names for the same thing. You know, it's like the whole, the whole, I think the whole story of the first verse is like him traveling in a different country and he pulls like an, he says, uh, he pulls an outdated map from his pocket and everything, like everything is just different names for the same thing. Like, oh, here's, you know, cafe, bar, restaurant, blah, blah, blah. It's all just different names for the same thing. People are always just the same wherever he goes. And fuck, I love that song, man. It's so beautiful. And it just, rem it just reminded me of that. Fuck, I've listened to Death Cab for Cutie last week to a few songs. What's the one that's pretty famous? I follow you in, in, into follow you into the dark. I will follow you into the dark. Yeah, it's from the same record. It's like track five on the same ah, the same album. Great. It's crazy, man. That record was the shit for me for that's, so long. That's something I must admit I love about the whole situation right now. I get into into music I already know and already <laughs> have downloaded on my phone since since years and whatever, but never got to to listen to because. In your everyday life, or in my everyday life in, in Munich, you listen to music or podcasts, and it's always the same routine, getting in getting in the subway, putting that one playlist, that one album on. For, for me, the last uh, few months, it used to be mainly hip-hop and stuff, and right. listen to that, then get out, and that's your whole experience of, of listening to music. And you know what album I got back into right now in this situation? What's that? Electric Ladyland by Hendrix Experience. Really? Yeah. Really? And I don't know I don't know why. But Oh wow. I haven't heard that in a long time, man. I it, it, and it's super crazy and I've I've had this one moment. I, I was sitting on my balcony. It was already dark, moon shining bright. You know the whole beautiful Oberstdorf mountain scenery around you. And oh, yeah, it's I, gorgeous. I got yeah. my I got my earphones on and listening to the song what's its name? 1983. Mm -hmm. Of this record, it has like it's like 13 minutes long, and it has a long a long part in the middle where there's the super experimental sound. You gotta get into that. But I was sitting there and smoking a little joint, <laughs> and yeah, I and, no, and, well, and yeah, that, you and have that, to is the rules. And that and that song came on, and dude, I tell you, the middle part you gotta be in the right mood to listen to it. But the first four minutes are so catchy, and you get so into it. And that's something I really like about it because I get. I, I fall back to music that I loved at some point, but never had the time to appreciate, or it was too um, it challenged me too much too much to listen to. Well, in yeah. your in your everyday routine in the U-Bahn, you don't listen to songs with crazy two minutes guitar solos or weird right. um, sound clusters or anything. You don't do it. But now yeah, you, just, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Now you have the time to actively. Listen, that sounds pretty cliche, like like I'm I'm an old dude to no. trying to sell vinyls, but it's a thing for me getting to music that that challenges me to listen it. But I also feel even happier when I when because I kind of appreciate it. And it's like okay, it's not annoying me that they are building some kind of weird sound 
by throwing the whole drum kit around in a staircase of the 18th century or whatever those crazy motherfuckers <laughs> did back in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> yeah. But I can appreciate it. Dude, yeah, um, actually, you have a really, it's a really good point that you brought that up. I was just having a conversation a couple of days ago about about a really similar thing. It's like, um, I don't know, I, I, I used to think that when when a band I loved would bring out a new album, that I would, I would fucking, I don't know, I used to pre-order, I used to pre-order CDs and vinyls and have them brought like shipped to my house so I could lay on the floor with this record player and listen to them. And like, I used to obsess, like obsess with records, man, like beyond imagination, get so heavily into every single note and just go crazy. And I think the last record that I really, really fucking dove into and have listened to every single note hundreds and hundreds of times was probably the not the most recent, but the the album before from Tame Impala, Currents from 2015. You Ooh, know, yeah. I mean, that record, that I've record, been there, I've I think it's 2015. When, yeah. I, I was at your birthday party when you, you got it as a present. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That party. Yeah. So that was, that was, you know, the album had come out that year and that the, the vinyl was a gift. And that was fucking, you know, they just came out with a record this year and that was five years ago man and in in the current digital age that's a lifetime and i mean jesus christ dude that was the last record that i really 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 obsessed with and i was just thinking the other day how you know a few artists that i really love have have released new content like um i don't know tame impala for example released a new record and andy Schauf released a new record and I think the last one I kind of really obsessed with was uh, Anderson Pack's record Oxnard, but it's still like nothing still has held held me like grabbed me and like made me obsess the same way that Currents did five years ago. And I'm wondering if that's a product of our generation, like a product of the of the modern age, ha- creating so much content all the time that your attention span and your interest can't latch onto it enough, like. Yes, I listened to the new Tim Impala and the new Andy Shelf a few a few times each, but it just didn't like I didn't obsess and and mull it over and like dissect it and there's still time for that of course, but it just wasn't the same feeling that I had for that and I wonder if it's just because everything is so fast and so quick and so instant pleasure these days. And just to con- connect to your point, I think um this is kind of the perfect time to appreciate bands releasing new records right now and actually try and tap into the old the old way a little bit like i know that childish gambino just released a new record and uh what's it oh shit what's it um uh fuck uh i'll think of it later but another band that i really like just released um a new record that i really like but little dragon ah yes little dragon and Childish Gambino just released new records. And I don't know, it's um, it's funny to me, like, because of, again, it's like this dark side of my, uh, the, like the happy side of this dark time is that you have, you have the time to appreciate these, these new things, you know, and maybe, maybe it's now's the time to obsess over these records and find the beauty in them and find like the work in them and stuff. And like, 
something that scares me about it, like as an artist is like, you know, we have this new record that's being pushed to, to, you know, later this year or even early next year or something. And like, will there be listeners like me who hear it a few times and, you know, dig it, but wonder what the next, like what the next content is, you know, such a weird, such a weird world where you don't obsess. Like I used to go, I used to wait in line at stores to buy the physical CDs and to get the vinyls. And like, I would go to the bands and get them signed and like obsess, man. Like I used to obsess, but since five years, I haven't done that as much. And I think that's, I think that is something to do with, with the generation. Yeah, of course. And also the, the, the possibilities. I mean, we've talked about the, the stuff yeah. we do in home recording. The, 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 the little thing I did, it was like <laughs> with, um, working on that little, those little wrists and, and, and stuff. It was like three hours of time for me putting in to get something out of my computer that's actually sounding, not regarding my playing, but just regarding the sound quality, um, sounding actually in a way that you could also say to, to someone who's not a professional, okay, you could release this. And that's right, the thing. Right. I mean, I mean, Billy Alice's brother. <clears throat> I have a, I have uh, lots of love for Billie Eilish hate, <laughs> but anyway, Billie <laughs> Eilish's brother who who produced a whole What's album. What's his name on again? His his DJ Phineas. name. Phineas. Phineas, right? Um, one producer of the year at the Grammys for producing an album on Freeware in 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 his his ch in her bedroom at her parents' house. Unbelievable, man! Such a weird and it's such a weird time. <clears throat> And I don't want to. I don't want to be like, yeah, everything has been better in those good old times. It's not like no, that. No, not at all. No, but, no. but then I think about about appreciation for the for the stuff you do. I mean, basically anyone is capable of of building a basic hip hop riff, a basic hip hop beat these days, right. somehow that you could yeah. use in any way. And that's also why exactly this genre is releasing that much content, like like hip hop singles, even in smaller markets like 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 German hip hop scene. You have every Fridays you have like two albums and eighteen singles and whatever. It's crazy, dude. The mixtapes. There's so I, many mixtapes. And I think we we're, we're at a point where I don't know we we lose appreciation for for the real for for work that that flows into into working on an album i mean there's a great band from munich um samt i think we talked about them i know their their singer and they're mm -hmm. um releasing a a double lp within the next month and crowdfunded um to to release it on vinyl and i'm not the biggest fan of their sound it's like a a pretty Pretty vibey um, pop, pretty, but in a in a in a I don't know like a like 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 eighties guitars and some some und, and and indie synthy parts on it and basic drums like a like in a way of of appreciating what 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 pop music has brought to us within the last 40 years but it's not exactly my sound but i still like to listen to the music and appreciate it because i know okay obviously because i know one of one of the guys in the band 
Yeah. But I see the work that flows in there and and the love that they put into this project and that they and all the 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 effort they they take to make this happen. And I guess we yeah, lose I think that the effort. Yeah. We, we lose that for many artists where we don't see that. Yeah, I mean imagine like you know I just brought up this Tame Impala record but I mean it it took him dude five years five years to release a new record and he had millions of fans just waiting and 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 then finally you know like me being a humongous Tame Impala fan there I am like sitting at the cusp of the new release and actually I listened to it all the way through and the first my honestly my first listen I was like eh It just wasn't what I wanted it to be. And then I gave it two, three, four, five tries, whatever, because I really, I was like, no, it can't, it can't just disappear from me. Tame Impala can't just be a band I don't care about anymore. And I just kept listening and kept listening. And of course, now I found like four or five tracks that I, that I love, but it isn't the same as, it isn't the same as when I would like really go fucking crazy. I mean, even like, um, well, maybe it's a bit different with Mac DeMarco, but you know, I'm such a, such a Mac DeMarco fan. And this last record, Here Comes the Cowboy. I mean, every critic in general has pretty much said that like, it's, it's not his best work and it, he sounds kind of tired. It's a very, oh Jesus, it's a very slow record. It's very dry. It's very, it, it does sound like he's kind of just tired like he needs to just sleep for a few days and like get his juice back um but still i don't know i i think five years ago i would have given it more attention yeah than i did this time around i don't know yeah and 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 that's weird because i'm 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 actively searching for for new music that that catches me in that way and i I'm having serious issues to find it. And then I get back into stuff like Hendrix or the second album I'm really into right now. I don't know why I've listened to this when I was 17 years old for a summer and then never again. And now I'm back into it. Music from the Big Pink, the band. Oh, shit, man. Now that's what is up, dude. I love that record. Oh, my God. Oh man, music from Big Pink is so and I, good, I, and I can't explain you why, but it's just like at the moment, I'm listening to the wait at least once a day, <laughs> and I can't tell you can't tell you why, but it's 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 catching me. Oh man, man, you know those the first two records before Richard Manuel's voice starts to really deteriorate from all the whiskey, it's just it's just glorious music making, dude. It's just such a masterpiece. Did you ever read um, Levon Helm's autobiography, This Wheel's on Fire? Dude, okay. Honestly, as my friend and as another musician, I cannot recommend a book more, really. There's two autobiographies I would recommend for anyone who's really into these bands and into music this way, but This Wheel's on Fire from Levon Helm is a genius, beautifully written historical rendition of the whole story of the band and everything. And it's so, it's written very simply. It's written very, um, it's very easy to, di to digest and to just absorb, uh, you know, uh, absorb yourself into the story. And then the other one would be um, 
Let's go so that we can so we can get back. Let's go so we can get back the the Jeff Tweedy, the Jeff Tweedy autobiography, dude. This book, Jesus man, if you're a Wilco fan, this book is so good. I've I've read it already once before, and I'm reading it again. It's just so good. Um, but yeah, dude, like getting into these old records and stuff, it's such a perfect time to do that and to try and appreciate your friends more and you know connect. Yeah, it's a, and that's and that's something positive because the whole situation is is bothering me in a way that I'm thinking like, okay, this is so fucked up. We're having a a a, a crisis that will be remembered in history, and I and yeah. I thought about it and I think, or as far as I know, we there was never a crisis where. <laughs> And I w- don't don't want to want to underestimate the, the effect it has and the people who are dying every day in all over the world. Of course, but but I think there was never a crisis where that many people or that h- huge part of world population would just be chilling out at home and yeah. waiting no, and waiting right, yeah. and waiting for it to end. Yeah, obviously that's that's a that's that's another first world problem. I know, but. Um, I think there was you, never. But something. you're not you're not saying it like it's like a problem. You're just saying like you're you're surprised yeah. that you could you couldn't have imagined yeah. a pandemic where everyone's yeah. uh, you know punishment is like stay home. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's crazy. It is weird. And I mean, I'm I'm a privileged guy, and I think you too. We're having we're having a good life, just 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 chilling out in a beautiful village. Um, yeah, and that's that's at some point very paradox. And on the other side, I find myself. Um, thinking about it, okay, am I a a bad guy because I enjoy stuff like getting in back into finding a love for actively listening to to music that that is produced in a certain way or whatever, or reading this book or watching this series <laughs> because actually right. it is that way. I I'm really enjoying some parts of it. Obviously, we all are at some point annoyed of sitting at home after a certain time but then you right, right. but then you then you remember okay it could be worse and on the other hand Dude, in my case yeah. i am enjoying many parts of it because i have the time for many things i would never do in my everyday life it could be it could be way worse honestly i just uh i just downloaded the uh the, f- the first two seasons of the show atlanta and I had already seen those two seasons before. Uh, have you seen it before? Nope. Yeah, Atlanta is like this amazing show written and created by Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. Mm-hmm. And it's a super realistic portrayal of Atlanta and the hip hop scene. And it's like fucking genius. And it's super funny. It's really tasteful. It's really artistic. And, uh, and now at last night we were watching like episode three or four or whatever of the first season. And, um, I had already seen it before, but we were watching it again. And I was just thinking, man, how lucky is it that, you know, what I'm supposed to do is stay inside and watch one of the uh-huh. best TV shows ever made, you know? <laughs> yeah, of it's course. It's crazy. Of course. Those are crazy times in any way. Really crazy times, yeah. But, um, but yeah, man, um, we would be, we would have been, uh, we would have been in France right now, but I'm honestly, I'm, I'm not sad. I'm sad that my brother couldn't visit Europe because he's only been one time. 
Yeah, imagine um, that. And he had to cancel his, all the money and everything was already booked. But um, did he get any refund or something? Uh, thankfully, the flight was refunded pretty early because the even the flight was canceled itself from the airline. But there was a battle with the Airbnb. Like the guy only at first wanted to give them fifty percent back, which is kind of bullshit. Because I mean, who can travel right now anyway? Yeah. Um, but then finally they discussed more and they made it. They made kind of a deal and finally it worked out. It was okay. it was fine. But yeah, but I mean, honestly, there could be way worse places to be. Like we you know we were um, we have to go back to the city next week. Because this um, school that I'm at has some some days where we're taking care of a few kids, yeah, um, who have nowhere else to go and stuff. But you know, right now it's you know it's a beautiful village and the sun is shining and you know we get to do this podcast. So that's pretty cool. Dude, I, I still don't know how, how come that you that you travel to Oberstdorf at some point during the the pandemic. That was kind of that was kind of a plan that we had, we had in mind, you know, we were in Munich and I was still doing some occasional shifts at the school, like this daycare thing. And a plan was that, um, if they put this Ausgangsperre, like this, um, this like city lockdown in place yeah. that we would, that we would come here because, um, we would be able to isolate ourselves responsibly in this apartment that we're in. Um, but we would still have this, this open space around us. You know, there's yeah. still like, we could still go on like long walks and like see the hillside and see the mountains and like enjoy, enjoy outside responsibly, just the two of us yeah. and not have to worry about like being in a city and like, you know, running into a, into a group of people that we know and, and risk spreading anything around and you know, cool. still enjoy it without, without like, you know, being trapped in an apartment going yeah. crazy together. Cool, because I yeah. because I was wondering because I just I just um you just sent me a message okay I, I'm 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 in Oberstdorf nine I was like hey, how how <laughs> how dare you <laughs> no but <laughs> but funny situation yeah. because because still for me it's it's super weird because it it happened just just by by chance if you want so because I've been here anyway for a few days oh really I've been here anyway for a few days for a skiing trip with some colleagues and ah. then and then i had a phone call with my with my boss um it was the it was march 14th 15th i guess and he was like yeah better better stay there with your parents and don't come back to munich ah funny see i always thought initially that you had the same mindset that you were like okay something's happening in munich i'm going to go stay with my parents i have the same mindset and I'm, i am happy and privileged that i'm here But it happened by chance, and I still don't know when I can or should go back to Munich. You don't know when you're going to go back. No, because because there are it's it's still quite unsure. I'm I mean I'm I'm full time employee at M ninety four point five since February, yeah. so I, I I kind of have to see what happens there and when they want to have me back. Um. Because as long as, as as we're working from home office, I see no reason to go back to Munich. Because I can do everything from here and it's a way easier situation than in the city. Like like you just yeah. pointed out. Um so yeah, <laughs> I still don't know. Might be in one and a half weeks, might be in a month. I'm not sure. What But are I've your made projections. 
do you think it'll get do you think it'll get worse before it gets better or do you think we've already seen the worst in Germany at least I know that Austria next week is loosening up yeah but they've been they've been very strict for about a month now I don't know yeah they're ahead of us a bit right I they're think, like three weeks yeah, ahead of us I think I'm I'm not informed enough and in a situation to give a prediction for that I hope to be back in Munich for summer because I love Munich in summer. Um, Dude, I really hope that we can enjoy a little bit of Munich summertime because, yeah. I mean, the the Isar and, and the... The whole beer, the, the whole the, beer the garden thing and stuff. And the it's, beer garden? Man, fuck, it's so nice. And I hope um, I can be back in Munich for that, but I'm totally unsure. So... Yeah. Let's see what happens. I made one uh, yeah. one undercover ride to Munich with Tony, my girlfriend. After one week, we've been here because we only had stuff here for like the like clothes and stuff, and she doesn't didn't have a laptop here because we were on the skiing trip. And then we oh yeah right. And then she couldn't even do her job. Yeah. yeah, and then one Tuesday we were getting in the car, riding to Munich, getting in Tony's flat, grabbing her stuff, getting to my flat, grabbing my stuff, and all the way back. Were you guys super freaked out that the Munich police would stop you? What did you say? Were you guys freaked out that the Munich police might stop you? No, totally not. <laughs> it's so opposite from Efi. She always has these. Uh, she has to make up like these uh, situations in her head. Like she'll 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 stop the conversation, and she'll say like, "Okay, the story is if we if, you know we we have a car full of stuff, and um." We're driving from Munich to Oberstdorf, so let's say that uh, that I'm working there, and uh, and and you you're staying there too. But we had to come back for this, and we have a plan, and we have to be there for this long, and because of my job, and blah blah blah. Like she gets so paranoid, so worried yeah. that she's going to get busted by the cops for something. You know, it's so funny. Yeah, but I, I gotta say, our our little trip to to grab some stuff was before the restrictions and the lockdown. Okay, so would you have would you have been paranoid if it was after the lockdown? No, I don't think so because the 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 whole story still would be okay. We're staring in quarantine with my parents, and we're driving to Munich straight to the flat, grabbing some stuff, getting back into car, seeing no other people, getting right, back to right, Oberstdorf. Okay. Right. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have been. Probably wouldn't have been that bad. I don't know. I saw them breaking up some people in the, like on the on the Isar, like a few groups of people, you know, splitting them up. But then, like the last weekend before we left, like that Sunday before we left, it was a beautiful, hot, sunny, clear sky in Munich, and there was just so many fucking people out everywhere. Like I even took a video on my phone because the. The runners and the bikers and the joggers and the sunbathers, everyone was out. And I just thought, like, what are you doing? Like, what are these people doing? It was so crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's and the cops weren't anywhere. They didn't they didn't break it up or anything. They weren't like strict or crazy or hanging around. Yeah, but still I was I was um I was getting to the to the center of Oberstoff today just to 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 buy some some different things, riding to a shop. Um and I had a I, I also had a had a um um, a little mask in my in my bag in case if the 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 shop would be crowded and stuff. Nobody was there, but I was um, riding past two construction places, 
And everyone who seemed to be working there was standing in a group and having kind of a, a meeting about what to do, what you usually see on a, on a construction site. But they were like standing in one group, shoulder by shoulder, and was like, you, you dumb motherfuckers, didn't anybody tell you? Do you don't just <laughs> give a shit? That's <laughs> so crazy, man. Such a weird, such a weird, uh, such a weird world. Yeah. <laughs> It's a weird, nice, weird man. world. Well, I think, I think on that note, we should uh, just remind Remind the listeners that um, at the end of this, we're going to play 20 seconds <laughs> of your home demo and 20 seconds of my home demo. And we're going to make a post about it on Instagram at artsy fartsy immigrants. And you can be the judge of who has made the sicker slicker demo. You can <laughs> be the roast master, the judge, the critic, whatever you want to be. Tell us who had the better song and we can make another one. Imagine being a, a, a diehard Jordan, a fan of Jordan Prince's music and then listen through one hours and 40 minutes of conversation where I think at some point both of us already forgot that there are, that this is a podcast recording to then, <laughs> to then get, get 20 second sound bites. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be like i'm not gonna listen to that shit that's like the that's like the commercials at the end of a podcast like don't forget to use quip quip.com yeah. slash artsy <laughs> we should we should we should start a really really bad clickbait campaign about this hey new jordan prince material <laughs> oh my god oh my god um but I, i think i will lose this race though because yours actually has like a full production sound and mine's just acoustic but uh We'll see. We'll see how they how they. We'll see. By the way, I, I still would be down if we if we do something together. If you record something, yeah, and, and I add the stuff, I can add to it. You know, what we can do is we can we can do this um, these demos for people to judge, and then whoever wins, the other the loser has to add on to that track. Nice. This world is changing, baby. So if, if mine wins, then you play bass and do harmony on my track. And if yours wins, which I think it might because it's it's really cool, then I would add vocals to your track. That sounds like a fair deal. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and although we started on vacations, I'm glad that my <laughs> strange vacation is is here in this apartment talking to you, my friend. It's been a nice chat. Yeah, same for me. It's the weirdest vacation ever. Staying here for so long, unplanned, but in some yeah. some way it's a cool vacation and it's been a huge pleasure talking to you for that long. Even if we lost topic like eight times, but that's a great thing about it because <laughs> that's podcasting, baby. 
Yeah, and I and I love when when two of us have a conversation and it uh, we end up in a total different plot, but still, yeah, um, know what to talk about. That's a yeah, good it's nice sign, to catch bro. Up in general. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, and for everyone still listening after this long, uh, <laughs> I would just like to say. Um, Thank you so much for being with us for this. And uh, please make sure to go to wherever you subscribe to your podcast. If that's on uh, Apple Podcasts or Podigy or Spotify or wherever, give us a good review. And, um, you know, the most important thing is telling a friend. You know, that, that goes a long way for small podcasts yeah. like us. So, by the way, tell your buddy. Our, statistic, mm -hmm. our statistics can tell us when people drop out of the episode. And we could make a deal. Whoever oh, no. whoever may still be listening to this will get a Jordan Prince record <laughs> or something. <laughs> Dude, I guarantee it is a man by the name of Moritz Binder. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Moritz. You're a great person and I love you. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, Mo, it's been a pleasure. And um, all right, guys. Have a great weekend and much love from us. Tito. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Bartscheider, produziert für M94.5.